I know that this isn't the life that I'm meant to be living. I know I'm bigger than this. And it's a voice saying, you can have that life. You can have it all. So it's this constant push and pull of, but I'm not enough. But what am I supposed to say? But I'm not good enough. And the voice saying, yeah, you are. Just do it. Just do it. Welcome to The Signal Podcast, the podcast that raises your frequency. I'm Maury Fontanez, purpose coach to some of the leading voices in our culture today, from top CEOs to Hollywood stars, best-selling authors to world-class artists. In coaching these incredible humans, one truth has become abundantly clear. No matter who we are, we all carry pain, joy, and the desire to feel connected to a sense of purpose. This podcast is my way of extending some of the powerful lessons of my proven method to you so that hopefully you too can be inspired to heal the white noise of your limiting beliefs and tune into the signal of your intuitive wisdom. Welcome to Signal. You're about to hear a conversation with myself and Chris. Chris is a musician who is aspiring to make making music their life. But of course, you'll hear in the session that we hit on some limiting belief systems that are very clearly inherited from Chris's family. The other thing that you'll hear about Chris is that Chris is a highly intuitive person who's been intuitive since their childhood. And in this session, we explore how Chris's relationship with intuition helps Chris to pursue their purpose, and also how in some ways those messages can be overwhelming and what they can do to manage that relationship for their highest good. Hey, Signal listeners. A couple quick disclaimers before we get started. Maury is not a licensed therapist, and this is not a therapy session. Intuition and purpose coaching with Maury is usually a six-month process, And what you're about to hear is just a snippet of what these sessions sound like. That said, this is a real coaching session with real people featuring real strategies that Maury uses in her method. All right, let's get to today's episode. All right, Chris. So... We get the opportunity to really delve in the next hour into your purpose, which is something that you've said you feel an unexplored area in your life and that there's a lot that's holding you back. So let's start here. I want to hear from you if you were to be fulfilling your purpose right now. Tell me what that would look like in your life. I think it would feel like freedom. It would feel like peace. It would look like me doing what I'm passionate about instead of going to a job that I'm sort of ashamed of every day. Yeah, when I think about what it would look like to be fulfilling my purpose, I just feel peace there. And you have an inkling around what your purpose is related to. What is that? I feel like it's music. I feel like it's always been music. And uh, when I was a kid, I was real shy. I tried to push that away. And it's just stayed with me my whole life. And as I got older, I felt, you know, I have these beliefs that like, oh, I'm too old to be too old to make it. I'm too old to be doing this. I don't have anything important enough to say. I know a lot of these things come from my 
internal beliefs that maybe I'm not good enough. Do you mind telling me how old you are? I'm 37. 37. And when did you start to feel the pull of, I want music to be my life? Uh, to be my life? Probably not until I was 13 or 14. I started playing guitar and writing songs. Before that, I sang in church and I kind of felt a lot of pressure to sing in church. So it wasn't, and I also sang like as backup for my sister. Mm -hmm. And I was okay being the backup. I was okay being in the background. But yeah, probably when I was about 14. So can we go to 14 for a minute and go visit 14 land? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So where are you? Where did you grow up? Where were you when you were 14? I was in a a suburb of Chicago. The picture that's coming into my mind is I was in a private Christian school. My family wasn't very well off, but we got a lot of help from the church. And so I was able to be in a private school. And uh, the school was the same as the church that I went to. So I basically lived in this building, in this church, for uh, six days a week. And I started playing guitar and music, and I remember bringing my guitar to school and playing a song that I wrote for my teachers. And then I started, you know, p- doing special musical numbers in my church. Yeah, that's where I was. <laughs> so we're, we're in that church, and we are playing music, and you're writing music at this point? Yeah. Writing songs? Mm-hmm. And let's just be there for a moment. And I want you to kind of feel the the texture of the environment and feel the texture of um, being you in that environment. What is the external message? So I want you to really envision kind of waves coming at you about your music in this moment. I think it's a lot is coming up. The word validation. You talk about validation addiction and that's what's coming up. What is it that you're hearing? What are the messages you're getting in this moment at 14 about you creating music or your music or your abilities? Mm -hmm. That I need to be pursuing this, that I have a message to share with the world, that God wants to work through me. So you're getting a lot of validation about your purpose. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And now you're kind of you're looking at those external waves. Turn the camera inward. What are the internal waves saying? What are the messages inside you at this point about yourself and music? Uh, I'm not good enough. I'm scared. I don't know if I believe the message I'm supposed to share with the mm. world. So what's happening is that you're receiving a message externally that's telling you, yes, this is your purpose only if it carries this religious message because your purpose is to get God's word out to the world. Yeah. And your internal truth is saying what to you? I don't know if this is right. I don't like, I don't feel at peace with this. I don't feel aligned with this message. So when you look back at 37 on 14-year-old Chris, what was going on with them? What were those thoughts, really? Do you know? Because of 
some of the work that I've been doing recently, trying to love myself and really tap in and listen to my higher self. Mm-hmm. I understand that that Chris at 14 had been slowly transforming into just a shell of myself and not actually who I was, but what everyone else wanted me to be. I felt like a shell. You're going to hear Chris talk some about whether they're really hearing their higher self or not. And this is where you see us drilling into really being able to decipher what your intuition sounds like and feels like so that you're almost creating these signatures for intuition that you can start to recognize. And remember, they're different for each person. So what you're about to see me do is drill in with Chris on what intuition feels like for them so that they can remember that when that signature shows back up, that is their intuition speaking to them. There's a voice in there that's creating thought that is really aligned to truth. That is your intuition. Do you connect with being highly intuitive at a young age? I do. Okay. Beautiful. So you have this really strong foundation of intuitive thoughts. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> Tell me about your relationship with that voice today. It's so strong. I think I can feel it, but I'm not sure I can hear it in all of its clarity. Okay. Does it feel like it's become less clear over the years? It did for a long time. And that was around what time? What was happening around that time? I was drinking every single day, numbing out. I was numbing out for about 15 years, I would say. And can you talk about what you were numbing? I think all of the feelings of not feeling like I was loved for who I was, not being able to be myself, not feeling like I was loved for being myself, just a lot of pain. I'm getting a very clear picture. Yeah. I just want to give you space to describe it fully. Yeah. When you say not being able to show up in the world as yourself, what does that mean specifically? Uh, not being able to show up in the world as a trans and non-binary person, as who I am, um, not being able to express myself freely, always feeling like I was held back. I was told that I was wrong as a human being, Right. that who I was was wrong, that who I loved was wrong, <laughs> um, and that the quote-unquote lifestyle I was living was perverted of of this world and not of God, you know. And yet, while being told you were impossible, here you are existing. So it sounds like you already have gone through the journey of entering that darkness, facing the dragon head on, and coming out the other end of it in a way that allows you to show up in the world as who you are. Is that fair? Yeah. Okay. So now that we're on this side and we're not numbing, um, and numbing is just, I think, a word for disconnecting from source, disconnecting from higher self. We believe we're numbing the pain, but what happens is we're actually 
disconnecting from the voice that's really trying to to use your own words, put that gentle hand behind your back and push you. So you had a bit of a pause, although I, I'm willing to bet that voice was still talking to you and you could still hear it from time to time. Oh, yeah. It wasn't as clear. When you're on this end of it, um, how is your relationship changed? Is it coming back more clearly? How do you, when and how do you hear it show up for you? When I'm quiet, I hear it in stillness. I hear it when I pray. I feel like I hear it all the time, Maury. I feel like it's never not there. Like I, (laughs) which is so hard sometimes because it's that, it's always that push for some sort of change. It's always that push telling me like. Yeah. What's it telling you? It's the feeling inside me saying, I know that this isn't the life that I'm meant to be living. I know I'm bigger than this. And it's a voice saying, you can have that life. You can have it all. So it's this constant push and pull of, but I'm not enough. But what am I supposed to say? But I'm not good enough. And the voice saying, yeah, you are. Just do it. Just do it. Just start. So you're highly intuitive. I mean, gifted. So I want to ask you, have you tried to hone the gift in a way that works for you? Or is it kind of the Wild West where it's coming to you when it wants and it's you feel a little inundated by the information you're getting? Uh, the second one, 100%. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I want to tell you something that became life-changing for me as someone who's intuitive and an, and an empath. This can become a superpower or it can become your kryptonite. And the one thing that shifts it between the superpower and the kryptonite are boundaries. And the good news, the ecstatic news, is that because this is your gift and it exists to help you thrive, you get to tell it how to show up. You get to be very prescriptive with your intuition, with this voice that is constantly pushing you towards greater and greater, right? And I believe that it's really loud because you're actually really in line with your purpose, because you do have a message to spread, because you do have the talent and the skill to do it through music. And so your intuition's like, come on, you've got it. Let's do this, right? So I want you to know that when you are really getting that green light from higher self, that is your first clue that you are on your purpose path. Intuition and purpose go hand in hand. Intuition is like fertilizer for purpose. It's just there to say, yes, Grow, grow, grow. I am here to inform your ability to li- li- live your purpose. That's what it's it's doing, right? So next time you feel that it's constantly pushing you and coming through loud and clear, the first reframe I'd love to present for you to think about is, ah, this is validation that I'm on my purpose path. Otherwise, it wouldn't be pushing me so hard. Okay? Can you do that? Absolutely, yeah. Great. The second thing I want to work with you on is what are the boundaries? When do you feel like you can receive this information in a way that's productive? And when do you receive this information in a way that's overwhelming? 
if you are receiving from intuition, you have what it takes, go make your life and career about making music. That's a very emotionally neutral statement, right? Not ca- That statement doesn't cause suffering, does Not it? Not at all. Okay. The suffering is coming from the traumatized self, the limiting belief system self, this 14-year-old and beyond and before who is trying to make sense of that message, who's trying to say, well, how and what and when and do I have what it takes, right? So I, the second reframe for you here is it's not the intuitive knowledge you have that's causing suffering. We're still going to create boundaries around it, but it's not the information. It's your reaction to the information based on your triggers. Does that resonate? Yes. It does. (laughs) So that means the second strategy we need to work on, we have a lot to do in the next 45 minutes, but we can do it, (laughs) is to make sure that we have a strategy to talk to triggered self and help triggered self understand, it's okay, I've got this, and we are going to do this in a way that is safe. So that what all that that triggered self is trying to do is protect you, right? It's just trying to be like, don't get disappointed, don't get sad, dot, 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 right? And so we need to learn how to be in dialogue with this version of ourselves constantly. That is a relationship that I think some people believe happens once a week in therapy or once a week in meditation, whatever. People like to take that relationship that reparenting or whatever you want to call it, and put it in a box that you take out, you know, when it's convenient for you. Mm. Unfortunately, these child versions of you do not wait until it's convenient for you. They're constantly informing your, your belief systems. And so what we need to do is make sure our strategy is just as consistent and coherent and, and um, useful on a day-to-day, minute-to-minute basis. So what I love about what you're saying is sounds like you can sense intuition and you can sense fear. Can you tell the difference? Yes. What does intuition feel like? Peace. Mm. What does fear feel like? Uh, fear? <laughs> it's scary. It feels suffering. Okay. So let's just simulate this. You are sitting at work doing a task. And what I'm getting is that something about that task sets you off, right? You're doing the thing and then you're like, I don't want to do this or I hate this or I don't believe in this. Uh-huh. Interesting correlation between I don't believe in this right now and I don't believe this 14, but we'll go there in a minute. So I don't believe in this. And then intuition says, well, I've got you. You don't need to do this for the rest of your life. You have a purpose and a talent that's going to allow you to live that purpose. Intuition says that. That feels like, in that moment, what? Right away. Hope. Hope. All right. Then what happens? So the thought comes in. What's the next thought that comes in after that? How? So right in that moment, this is how we're going to begin to build this strategy. I want you to know that how is your clue that anxiety and trauma are about to take over. Mm -hmm. Just that word, how, is your clue. So remember that. When you think how after an intuitive thought, 
tell your brain, okay, we're about to start listening to anxiety. Oh, okay. Okay? Mm-hmm. Just that in itself is going to help separate these two voices, right? Because the boundary you're trying to create with intuition is actually a boundary we're trying to create with our anxiety and our trauma. So let's make sure that you become at least consciously aware that you're switching from an intuitive thought to a triggered thought, okay? So anytime you get trapped in, I don't know if I can or how can I, I want you to go look for evidence in your past for how it just always worked out without you even being able to dream it or write it. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of evidence. (laughs) And what does that evidence tell you? Uh, It tells me that I'm not in control. And yeah, it tells me to trust. Because how has it worked out in the past? It's worked out without without my hands in it. Like it's worked out without me messing with it too much. It's worked out naturally. That's the thing. I feel like I kind of, there's something inside of me that's like, I don't want to be waiting for it to work out. What do you think about? Because? Because I want it now. Ah, uh, uh-huh. So let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Is there an aspiration you had in the past that you eventually achieved that you can now look at and say, ah, if it had happened right then, dot, dot, dot. What would have happened if, what, what's something else you really wanted that you eventually got? Um, something that I feel like is happening right now in my life, which is this, which is uh, healing, growth, higher awareness, higher consciousness. I've always known from a very young age that I wanted that. I had no idea how to get it and feel like I'm just now coming into a place where I'm able to, and it's slow too. I asked for acceleration. I asked the universe for acceleration and, you know, then things start happening rapid fire and it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Well, you know, the punchline in you telling me that you've been asking for a higher level of consciousness from childhood is that you had a higher level of consciousness in order to ask for it. Yeah. So I actually am going to reject that one <laughs> okay. because I think you have existed in a higher state of consciousness since you were a child. Otherwise, you wouldn't have had the awareness to ask for it. Now, healing is something we cannot do unless we experience life and then we're healing from it, right? So you're going to be healing from this moment 10 years from now. That's just, you're going to do that until you're done. That's life, right? What I'm asking us to think about is where has there been evidence in your life that the timing in which you got it was the only timing? What if you had gotten the dream of making it in your music at 14? Uh, It's hard for me to see that ever being possible because I didn't feel... By 14, I had already become someone different than who I am. So what would have happened if 14-year-old you was making music and putting it out in the world? Yeah, that person would have just probably experienced even way more suffering than I have. 
Because? Because they they wouldn't have been living in their truth, and then they would have been spreading a message that wasn't at all their truth. So do you see how easy it would have been for 14-year-old you to be like, universe, why not now? What's the difference between that and today? You asking the universe, why not now? Hmm. Because I'm still, I feel like I'm at the precipice. I feel like I'm at, like, I'm just about to jump into it. Like, I feel like I've been, yeah, all this time has allowed me to figure out who I am to a certain extent, I guess. I just got something. Sorry if you're being told on. (laughs) What is it, what's the action that you're being asked to take that you're not taking? The action I'm being asked to take by my intuition that I'm mm-hmm. not taking. To jump into it. Oh, I'm going to say what first came to my mind immediately. Complete honesty. Yeah. With everyone in my life. Because what I heard as you were describing it is, yeah, they know what to do. They just need to do it so we can meet them the rest of the way. Yeah. That's, yeah, I think that's what it is, is that I'm looking for all these answers and I feel like I need to find them all before I put something out into the world. You just heard me say that Chris was being told on. So let me give you some insight into what that means for me in this process of coaching people. I am intuitive. I am teaching people how to use their intuition because I am tuned into my own. And so in sessions like this, I will intuit by really zoning in on the person and the person's energy and everything that comes with what they're saying and not saying and what they're emoting, what is happening with them. And so that offers me an additional information stream outside of just what I am hearing them say. And so I use my intuition to really listen to what's not being said so that I can hone in on and hit directly on things that maybe the person is not even aware of themselves or hiding from or unwilling to look at. And that is how I utilize intuition in these sessions. And that's when you hear right now, I say that they were told on. I mean that that information stream is giving me additional information. Here's the thing about the doing of purpose. The doing of purpose allows us to become more fully who we are. There is no arriving at who we are fully and then doing purpose because then you're going to end up changing who you are in the doing of your purpose because your purpose changes you. It evolves you. It allows you to arrive into your truth. So when I said that they were telling on you and I was getting a sense of there's something that they need to do that we're asking them to just do so we can then meet them the rest of the way. And you said it's be honest with everyone. But I wonder if it's not that, right? Because you're still figuring it out. And you... The, just the idea of be honest with everyone is already a barometer that you've created for yourself that you're setting yourself up to fail around. Because you don't even fully un- know your own truth right now, and that's beautiful. You're becoming. So what is the thing they want you to do? What is the thing your higher self wants you to do? I want to say share. 
what? Just share who I am right now. Thank you. <laughs> How? Uh, by putting myself out there, by putting what I have created already. Your what? My, my music. Your... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah. It's so, why is it so hard? Because you have told yourself that you have to reach a certain level of perfection in order to have the license to share your music. When music is a way of showing people the story of someone's becoming who they are, right? So you being a musician know inherently that music is about telling the story of who you are today so that you can tell the story of who you are tomorrow and then next year so people can follow your journey and have the courage to go on their own journey. Does that resonate? 100%. Okay. So talk back to me about how that resonates. What are you grabbing a hold of from what we've just talked about? That it's a journey so that other people can see your journey and maybe it'll resonate with them. Maybe it'll impact their life in some way. Maybe it'll help them through some of their own suffering. And that's what I, that's what I want. That's what I desire is for the music that I create and the things that I've been through to, to give of myself because maybe someone will see themselves in my music and, and it'll help them. Not maybe most certainly, most certainly. So what is the story I've got to be perfect in order to make music protecting for you. What is it keeping you from? Failure. Bingo. Embarrassment. What's the fundamental belief system in there that's telling you that you're going to fail or be embarrassed if you share your music? I just keep thinking I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. And who used to think that same thought? 14-year-old Chris. (laughs) Um, my parents. Would you say your parents have always been a good judge of who you truly are and what's right for you? No. So their opinion about whether you're good enough is applicable? Oh, I'm sorry. I think I didn't explain that well. My parents have always believed that I'm good enough as far as my musical capabilities. My Okay. I think that they have felt that they're not good enough as themselves, especially my dad, who was also a musician and also in bands. Ah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have inherited a limiting belief system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you just heard a light bulb go off with Chris here around where this limiting belief system about being good enough at making music comes from. And oftentimes, as I say, we inherit limiting belief systems from our parents and from our families. And it's because we grow up watching them react to life and watching them internalize the messages they get from life. And oftentimes, we don't know how to separate the messages they're receiving from our own truth and our own reality. And so however our parents, and in this instance with Chris, however their father reacted to their success or lack of success in the music industry became Chris's reaction to the music industry. It became Chris's ideas about 
how successful they could be. And what's critical here is to understand, one, our parents never hand this stuff down to us on purpose. There's no negative intention in doing it. It's just that as you experience your family, especially as a highly sensitive person, you really take their experiences and make them your own, partially to help them with the burden of the pain or sadness that they're dealing with, and partially because it's the only reality you know. And so what you're seeing happen right now is this kind of detangling of Chris's own belief system from their father's belief system, which is critical in re-establishing the connection to intuition. That one is easier and harder. Easier because, bingo, you've just identified that some of this I'm not good enough is not even yours. It's from sitting in an environment of I'm not good enough and letting that kind of just fall into your being. It's about almost even having it genetically handed down to you. Limiting belief systems, traumas are genetically handed down, right? So you have a um, invasive species in your belief system. And the truth about that invasive species is it is not of your making. It is not yours. It's not made of the same material you are made of. It is made of what your dad is made of. One of the things that we can do, I'm going to give you an exercise that I give a lot of my clients. When we identify these invasive species beliefs, is give them back. And we give them back with a lot of empathy and compassion and with really strong boundaries. And so I would love to invite you to do this, if you have time, is to sit down and write a letter to your dad. It's not a letter you're ever going to give him. Unless you feel like you want to. But it's a letter that you are going to keep for you. And in this letter, you're going to cover kind of three parts. The first is really expressing all of the limiting beliefs that you know are his. So, hi, Dad. I've come to realize that I have taken on some of your limiting beliefs. Those are dot, 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 dot. Okay? And write them out. Write them out in detail. You know, what you believe, why you believe it. The ones that you know are his. Okay. And also, I know I've gotten these things from you because why? I've witnessed, I've seen, I've heard. The second part of this letter is I am giving you back the belief that dot, dot, dot. Whatever you listed above, repeat it below. Dad, I am giving you back the belief that I'm not good enough to be a success in music. I am giving you back the belief that I don't have what it takes. And then why you are giving it back to him is the third part. And there's two kind of avenues with this. The first is really expressing to him that you're giving it back to him because you know he can handle it and he can heal it and he can have it. Because what we do as children when our parents are struggling with something is we make a contract with them subconsciously energetically, that we will carry that burden with them so that they don't drown. So what 
what you're going to do in this letter is tell him you know he's not going to drown. This is your chance to be really empowering with him. I'm giving this back to you because you have the strength, you have the fortitude, you have the, this is your healing process. This is the universe will have your back. Whatever it is, channel your inner Maury and empower him in this moment to take it back. But then the last part is you're giving it back to him because of what you are going to do instead. I'm going to replace these beliefs, dad, with my belief that I can dot, dot, dot. And in replacing those beliefs with these new ones, I will achieve dot, dot, dot. Those are your prompts. And really take your time with this. And really, really sit in a place where you feel you can be in connection with higher self because higher self will help you with this letter. So this letter exercise is a very common exercise in my practice, and it does go back to disentangling our belief systems from those of our parents and our families. The reason that you're going to notice I have said that Chris doesn't have to worry about sharing this letter is because the letter is more of a ritual. In this method, what we work on are these subconscious contracts that we sign with our Uh, caregivers. You know, I will do X, Y, and Z emotional work for you if you then care for me and keep me safe. These are subliminal subconscious contracts that we're signing. And so this ritual of writing the letter is about bringing that to consciousness, being aware of the contract we've signed, and giving the work back to our parents or our caregivers so that we can become free to write our own story. And that is why giving the letter or not giving the letter is irrelevant. It's more about doing the work and really undergoing the ritual to break free from the agreement that you didn't even know you made as a child and how you then carry forward limiting beliefs that no longer serve you. So we talked earlier about making sure you had a couple of strategies that I want to make sure you have before we wrap up our session today. The first thing we talked about is boundaries around your intuitive gifts. So let's just talk about that for a couple of minutes. When are moments in your day that you appreciate the intuitive messages you get? Where are you and what are you doing? And write these down as you say them. Uh, I'm in nature. Okay. Are you in nature daily? Yes. Beautiful. I'm outside playing music. Beautiful. Okay. So, higher self, I would like you to speak to me mostly when I am in nature or creating music. Okay. Okay. I'm understanding now. now. Good. When I say mostly, it's because intuition is also there to make sure that you are making the right decisions for you. So there may be moments where it is going to interject and you want it to do that because we do want it to be active if it's related to your job, if it's related to making a decision related to the project you're working on or what you're doing, Yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So then the parameter is just a lot more specific. 
if you're going to show up and give me guidance around my career and my purpose, that's when you do it when I'm in nature and when I'm making music. And my promise to you is I will be in nature every day. So you will have the opportunity to speak to me daily. The second strategy we talked about is the consistent dialogue with triggered self. What was the clue I gave you for when you were transitioning from intuition to fear? What's the word that comes up? How. Okay. Mm -hmm. And what is that mantra I gave you around how? How is none of my business. What is my business? What? Mm -hmm. And really take a moment to just quickly find some evidence for any example in your life where you wanted something with all your heart and soul and you couldn't figure out how, and then it just, in a way that you didn't even expect, worked out. That's a constant dialogue. When you hear the how, how is none of my business, what is my business? You know what? When I really wanted to experience life as a transgender person when I was 14, and I was like, how? I didn't ever imagine. Whatever. That's a big one. It could be a little one. Okay? And then the second part of this is, so you know the how, so then that's when you get to be giving attention to the kid who's asking for your attention inside. And look and say, what is it you're trying to tell me? What are you worried about? This is also a dialogue. This is about you listening enough that this part of yourself has an outlet, that this part of yourself is not acting out in order to get your attention, right? So you're listening, and then as you're listening, you're able to dialogue back. Okay, I understand that's how it used to be. Here's what we're doing today. Or here are the ways in which we are in control today. Or here are the steps we've taken to create more freedom for ourselves today. And that little self also likes the evidence. The little self also likes going on that journey and being like, remember when we really wanted this? Look at how it worked out. Yeah. Like, show your younger self that same process. I do not believe you are not on your purpose path. I believe you are squarely on your purpose path and I believe you know it. Can you feel it? I do feel it. I feel it so strongly. And I think that what the world tells me I should have done by now, I'm learning to understand that that doesn't matter at all. There's not a timeline I need to work off of. Absolutely, because you're the only one who knows how to live your unique purpose. Thanks for listening to Signal. This podcast is hosted by me, Maury Fontanez, and produced by myself, Anais Aslami, and the talented team at Terra Firma, Casey Helmick and Lauren Hall. Please join us again next week for another great episode of Signal. Signal.